0: What's that all about, man? Man, I got to give us a shout out to our one person that has downloaded an episode from Vietnam. (laughs) I saw that the other day and I had to do that. I just had to. (laughs) Something told me, man, I got to give him a shout out. So to start off our podcast, we're starting it off with a shout out to our one listener in Vietnam. Thank you so much for downloading and always remember to download more. Oh yeah, man. He will probably
1: never hear it, but hey, maybe somebody else in Vietnam will hear it. Maybe we'll get we one go. more.
0: Yeah, one more turns to two more, two more turns to four more, <laughs> and so on and that so on. Intro. They'll love that. <laughs>
1: and they said good morning to me specifically.
0: It's just for you, Vietnam. Just for you.
1: <laughs> so yeah, that was cool, man. We had a download from Vietnam. I remember getting on there and seeing that, and I was like, "What is that, Vietnam?" Yeah, I wonder if it. Well. You know it is well, I guess it doesn't really fly. I don't know what I was gonna say. <laughs> but uh mm-hmm. you know, Vietnam's communist, but I guess China is too, and China has like the second they're like our second number uh-huh. one country. You know or not our second number one country. Obviously, the US second number one the US is number one, and then China's our number two.
0: Yeah, China's blown us up. We've got actually quite a lot of downloads from China through Podbean, so you know yeah, y'all never know when we might give a shout out to another group of people. So that's <laughs> so
1: cool. All right, Hollywood Cole is back with you, and so is Clearify here in front of the HK video game experience. We are glad you can join us uh, today. We will be talking about, as you could tell from the thumbnail, Top Gun, Jaws, and Karate Kid. So, a common theme here, can you guess what it is? I know
0: what it is. I want the listeners to guess. All right. Well, if you guessed, they all came out
1: in November 1987. You are correct.
0: Yes. (laughs) No.
1: They are all 80s movies, and they are (laughs) awesome movies. And probably opinions vary on whether or not these games are actually awesome or not. But I went through and finished (laughs) all of them except for one, which was Top Gun, of course. It's a very tough game. But Mm -hmm. before we get into there... Into that man, what what's been going on?
0: Well, uh, the very first thing I want to bring up and start off with is we have a winner for the Mega Man Pop giveaway. Oh yeah, I want to get. I want to give him want to give him a shout out, and I'm sorry if I butcher a last name, but you just have to bear with me. Um, his name is Anthony Dastello, I think is uh, that DiStello. I think Diastello and, and I apologize if I butchered your last name, but Got the pop sent out to him on Friday, so he should be getting it either. I'm hoping he gets it around Tuesday, Wednesday, and he should be sending us a picture. He's actually a Mega Man collector. He actually has a collection of Mega Man figurines, and so he's really excited to get that added into his collection. So
1: yeah, I saw that man. He's a big Mega Man collector. Uh, so that's perfect. We the perfect guy. It seems like that mm-hmm. uh, actually likes this kind of stuff, so he'll appreciate it. And I'm yeah. glad did. And he appreciates Anthony. He,
0: yeah, he actually found our podcast on a random lookup of podcasts for Mega Man podcasts. So <laughs> yeah, you know, that's cool. he fa- fa- found us by looking up Mega Man podcasts. So, um, congratulations, Anthony! I hope you enjoy the pop; it's on its way. So, cool.
1: And while we're talking about contest, uh, the uh, NES Mini contest is still going. This is the last episode before we will reveal the winner on the next episode. Uh, so I'll go ahead and drop the uh, the uh, word, which will be goose. Goose, right on goose. And uh, so goose is the final word. So just so you know, you can still play. It's still plenty of time to play. All you have to do. This is the fourth podcast. The one before this has a word. The one before that one has a word, and the one before those two also has a word. You can give me all four of those at once, or however you can still use those words to give yourself an entry into the contest also remember if you like us Facebook uh, Twitter Instagram and Podbean as a follow That's a times two multiplier for each giving you a eight times multiplier there is only one guy that has all four of them liked Um, and there's a a couple people have three uh, of them liked but uh, the one that has all four has not given us all the words so if you do they will come. Uh, they will uh, obviously add up a lot. You can tell when I do the spreadsheet. People are entering now, so that's great. But you can still, still be, uh, you know,
0: you still got a chance to win.
1: Yeah, you still get a chance to win uh, some whatever you want to uh, enter there. So just do that, and uh, we'll put you in there.
0: Remember, the guy that won the SNES Mini only entered the contest one entry for the last contest. Yep. It only takes one to get this. He didn't even remember he ended so, it either. That's what's kind of didn't yeah. even know and didn't even remember. So hadn't <laughs> even got us a picture. Probably won't even hear anything from him again. So we'll, we'll keep on we'll keep on throwing some shade his way until, until we get until we hear from him. So, but hopefully he's enjoying that SNES mini with his kids. He does have a family. He's a family man. So that's a good thing. So hopefully it's getting some good use.
1: All right. So man, I got to tell you, dude. I was back in Mississippi this past weekend.
0: Yeah, I wish I could have called up, caught up with you, but between a sick kid and everything, just oh, yeah, wasn't I wasn't going to make it up just, that way.
1: You know, when I go back, it's just so hard to catch up with everybody. Um, oh, I know. You know, like people hey, come by or whatever, come to Jackson, or, you know, you just, you just can't do it. You just don't have enough time. But anyway, before I even go into what, what we did there, so I met a lot of people, or I didn't meet a lot, I saw a lot of people that I used to grew up with, or grew up with, and, um, Got a lot of got to talking about some things, man. It's pretty fun to just kind of hang out, and then inevitably, yeah. you know, somebody brings up the podcast, and uh, we talked about it. We, we I played in a golf tournament, so eight o'clock in the morning to you know probably till about ten thirty that night, we we were all hanging out. I, obviously, not all on the golf course. Played golf and went to some some guy's house, and I hung out. And even throughout that, we were still talking about the podcast because I've had people say. You know, hey, it uh you know it reminds me of when I played games and how much I actually like enjoy these games and stuff like that. Cause and that's what we're trying to do, man. I mean, it just it just really makes me happy to know that that's you know, people enjoy talking about these games and it just kind of helps you relive these things because that's kind of why we have our name, the H and K Video Game Experience. We're not a review site, we're not a news site or podcast, right? We just try to provide this type of experience that everybody can just listen to and enjoy. We want you to kind of be able to escape from your day and everything. And it's a great sign. And it's a great thing when people can really just, just let it all out or whatever, just kind of talk about these games, games with you. Yeah. When I was over there in a uh, desk with Dre and, and uh, uncle Martin, you know, we're talking about, uh, we just going out to see them I hadn't seen them in forever. They started talking about the game. So it's a, it's a common thing. I mean, the whole table was talking about video games. Half of them hadn't played them since they were, you know, Eight years yeah. old, and uh, and so they they just relive that. So man, that's great. That's just, that's what we're trying to go for, man. We appreciate hope, appreciate you guys, and I'm glad that you're enjoying yeah. it.
0: Well, I had almost the same kind of instance happen to me as well this week, this past weekend. You know, my my son got invited to a birthday party with uh from some people from the church we're going to down here in New Hebron. And so I was like, well, you know, let's go to this thing because it'd be a great chance for us to make some friends down here since we're living, you know, out, you know, outside of where we used to in Brandon and moved down. And so it was really nice to sit down and just get to meet some people. Well, one of the, you know, the, the father of the daughter that was at the birthday party, he walks up to me and he says, hey, man, what's this H&K stuff I see all over Facebook? And then his brother chimes in, yeah, what is this, you know? And I tell them about it, and they get all excited about it. And it was just so nice because it's like I'm sitting there, and in essence, two random people basically walk up to me and start asking me about H&K. And so that's great. You know, it's great to have that. It gives me a re-energization of doing this podcast. And I finally, you know, it, 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 you're, I'm getting to see the... You know, some of the fruits of our labor, you know, which is really great because we want to get that connection to people. We want to have them ha- have that re energize them in, excuse me, re energize them in, into gaming and just get that whole feel of. Having that, you know, having those memories come back of first turning on your Nintendo and hearing the music of whatever video game that you remember the most, and ha- reliving all of those experiences because that's what we're all about. We're all about the experience, you know. And you know, we don't always just talk about games. We talk about anything that surrounds gaming, and, and that's what makes it a fun. And I think that's what makes us a different podcast as well. And hopefully, it makes it enjoyable for you and for you, for you, for you our listeners. And we just, you know, it, it just was a great feeling to have somebody that I really didn't know very well walk up to me and ask me about it and then start a really in-depth conversation about it. So hopefully we gain two new listeners out of it, maybe even more. You know, it was just really nice to hear that. And then to hear Hollywood's story, because uh, he, he had told me about some of the stuff they had said, just to hear that those people are talking about it and having that whole Reliving the past, kind of feeling and nostalgia going on, it's great, guys. You know, thank you so much, all of y'all, for listening. I know y'all are probably li- going to be listening to this podcast, and I want to say thank you. I greatly appreciate it. You know, please keep on listening. It, it, if there's something you want us to, you you want to hear from us that that we talk about a game that you like that you want to hear us talk about, or just anything in gaming, you know, please send us a shout out. Let us know. You know, we want to give back to y'all as much as possible as well.
1: So. I'll go ahead and give a shout out to uh, Zach and Spencer. That's two of the guys I was talking to, and then another guy that has listened to every single podcast and has not entered a single tournament. Brian, I'm waiting on you, man. Call him out. At? Send me your words. I know you're listening. So uh, just and send me Brian, your words, Brian. This
0: one's just this one's just for you, Brian. Destiny Two is awesome.
1: <laughs> so uh, <laughs>
0: what else? I'll go. I'll jump in with some what else. So, uh, what else that's going on right now is PlayStation finally released and had the uh, pre-order for the the 500 million unit PlayStation 4 Pro go out, and both Amazon and GameStop had to shut down their pre-orders for it. How, so, is, that,
1: why is, it, how is that even possible?
0: Because they had 50,000, that's all they were going to sell, and they capped. Yeah. They hit that both of them okay, hit their so allotments super quick. Shut it down. Yeah, yeah. Well, they had to shut the sites down because usually sometimes they leave the pre-order sites up just to still say oh, it sold out or whatever. But because they were getting so many hits to the pre-order sites, they had to shut the sites down even you know as well too. So it's it was pretty crazy. It sold out really quick, and now if you really want one, you can go to eBay, get one from a private seller for eighteen hundred dollars. So Hollywood yep. Cole. Right here, called it. He said they were going to sell for $1,500 or more, and the first one hit the aftermarket for $1,880. Here's a sad so, thing,
1: man. I guarantee 50,000, I'm going to guess, dude, 95% are resellers. That's sad, dude.
0: I agree with you. It probably is, and that's really sad that the gaming market... Does that that we had that we're that we're in a way that that happens? I mean, I see it all the time happen with the pops that I collect. I see it with gaming. I see it with a lot of things. I mean, when you go into collector's editions of gaming, let's take—I hate to bring this one up, but this is the most recent one—the Destiny Two Collector's Bundle. There were tons of those sold, and I turn around, you know, I get one, and then I turn around and see one sold online for six, seven hundred dollars. And literally the same day that they were pre-ordered, they were turning around and selling their pre-orders for six, seven hundred dollars. So that tells you right there that there's a bad culture going on in gaming with pre-orders, and especially pre-orders of collector's edition games or limited release games, limited edition stuff. So, and it's not just limited; to, it's not just exclusive to gaming. It's exclusive to anything collecting. So. You, you just got to really be on your toes if you're a collector out there and actually collecting for collecting, not collecting to try to make money off of it. Because one thing I'll tell you is, is everything that I collect, I don't try to t- turn and turn a profit on it and try to make anything on it. Yeah, it's great to see what what its value it's gained, but I have no plans to sell my collector's items. I, I love keeping them. I think they're great. They look awesome. And so it's, it's just really sad to see the market go into a way of where... 90 to 95 percent of the pre-orders sold for any collector's edition anything is really just people turning out, around and reselling it. So it's, it's sad and I don't want to beat a dead horse on that because that's pretty much, you know, that's pretty much all we can say about it. So something else in the news. So I know I brought this up not too long ago was uh, how um, the Galaxy Note 9 is coming with, you know, if you pre-order it, you get the 15,000 credits toward Fortnite and how they're releasing Fortnite on the on the Android, but outside of the Play Store. I was reading an article the other day of how they now have a big security flaw in that from not going through the Play Store. There's a couple articles out there that were actually going and saying, hey, why aren't you releasing this to the Play Store? It makes it more secure. And I never found a real reason why the developers of Fortnite decided to go outside of the Play Store, but now they're getting hit getting hit with these uh, security holes that they have in their system for going around Google Play. So um, if you're interested in Internet security, um, anything like that, go go look up the Fortnite security issue with Android, and it, it'll be an inter- a couple interesting reads there. I'm not going to go into details because that gets really in the... Technical geeky side of stuff, and I don't want to you know bore y'all with all of that. But it's really interesting that you know they were like all excited, and all pumping it up. They even had the whole thing with uh, the the Galaxy Note Nine. You get if you one of your pre order bonuses can be fifteen thousand V Bucks, is what they call them in Fortnite. And now they have this whole security hole, and it looks like it might not be get, getting released when they were expecting to release it. So. Go check it out and go see that, but you know, just goes to show you that going around some of the features that are built into operating systems is not always the smartest thing to do.
1: So, this this topic here, so the golden ideal. So I'm looking at it now. Yes, so, yes, <laughs> you know uh, I saw so that about Odd Job.
0: I love, I loved, I love the thing I found about Odd Job. That yeah, this great. is
1: actually a news. Like the developers came out and said that. Odd job you playing as odd job it was officially cheating so yeah we knew we made him it was kind of cheating and all this kind of stuff but i always got odd job because he was so small Mm -hmm. (laughs) that it made it easy (laughs) for me to kill the other person but i don't know it means this obviously it's going to be considered cheating the developer said it but um and a couple guys that commented on the on the facebook said that you know he was off limits and it was definitely cheating to us but (laughs) um I don't know. Auto Amos assist seemed to do just one shot to the head to kill him just as dead as anybody else. Yeah,
0: but it's just funny that developers were like, "Yeah, we knew that he was going to be a problem. We just left it in there for the people, for the gamers to decide." You know that that's awesome. That's great. Exactly.
1: That's, they don't see that nowadays. Yeah. Even the games are so PC. It's got to be. Yeah. Now fair. they're like.
0: Now they're like. They're now like. Oh my god! We've got a problem. Let's shut it down. You know. If if this would if Goldeneye would have been released in today today. Then they would have shut the game down for, you know, the multiplayer part of the game down for X number of days or weeks until they fixed the whole odd job issue. Or they would have pulled odd job out of it completely. And, you know, I I like the fact that the developers came out and said, you know, I, I know it's just recent that they've come out and said it. But the fact that they came out and said, yeah, we knew it was an issue, but we left it in there because we wanted the gamers to decide. That's great because it should be up to the gamers. We pay for the game if there's a bug in it, so what, you know, as long as it's not game breaking, which Oddjob wasn't game breaking. You could kill Oddjob. I know Hollywood died as Oddjob a few times. It was probably less than some of the others because he was tougher to shoot. But, You know, it wasn't something that was game breaking and leave it in there. It's not that bad. You know, odd job is shorter. So it should be harder to shoot a shorter person. You know, you should have to aim down versus aiming, you know, aiming level and all that, you know, and it should be a challenge. And to me, I didn't look at it too much as a challenge, uh, too much as cheating. I looked at it as more of a challenge. So now I have a challenge to kill this person that's playing odd job. Not, oh, my God, you're cheating. You're using odd job. So,
1: well, you know why they allowed it in, right? And they don't. They wouldn't allow it these days. Is because it's a lot easier to slap somebody's neck that's sitting right beside you than across the the country <laughs> on the internet. Because you're gonna have to deal well, with the consequences you pick eye job face to face with somebody <laughs> that's not online. So,
0: well, think about it. I mean, you got these people that rage so bad that they do the do the, do what's called swatting. You know, where they call a. You know, call call and say that somebody's in this house with a oh, yes. gun or whatever, and do, and does that. So you would have this all, all this kind of crap like that that happens because gamers are get too butt hurt and can't just take a defeat. If you lose, you lose. Learn from it and get better. That's how you get better. You get better by losing. If you're always winning, you never get better. You're stale until somebody comes by and beats you. And when somebody comes by and beats you at that level, then you're like, oh my god, you know, you you automatically assume they're cheating. So, you know, learn to lose, learn to learn from the losing, and get better from the losing. Because that's the only way you get better in gaming is by playing it over and over and over again. You know, and just... You're going to get me off on a tangent on that, so i got to stop on that. It's your free
1: lesson in gaming from the H&K
0: video game experience. (laughs) (laughs) So, something else I want to bring up, too, uh, was... uh, So... um, Ubisoft has decided not to put out a new Assassin's Creed in 2019. That doesn't mean that they're not putting out Odyssey. They're putting out Odyssey, but what they're doing is is they're giving Odyssey more time to grow as a game. Because if I'm not mistaken, Assassin's Creed Origins came out in 2017, and then you had Assassin's Creed Odyssey that's coming out this year. They didn't want to stack another one after that, and they don't want to start a trend of doing that. And I think it's a smart move because... Origins was a great game. I I loved it. I I love playing it. I still play it some a little bit here and there. And I I feel like they're kind of, you know, they kind of, you know, overshadowed with the idea of another one coming out in 2018 because everybody heard that when they were playing uh, playing, uh, Origins. So I think giving a game time to breathe and grow and become more of what it should be is a good a good idea and a good thing. So I just wanted to give Ubisoft a little bit of props for actually letting a game grow and becoming more than just oh well. Let's move on to the next thing because we see too many of these companies now that okay this made me this made me X amount of money I, I got enough out of it let's go bleed the next turnip you know it's just it's just too much of that cycle of trying to put things out too much and too quickly and not giving a game time to resonate with the players and the player base. You know, you end up not, some people don't play the game until later on in the lifespan of the game. And in doing that, it can kind of, you know, not make it as fun to play because people move on to the next one. So, and especially with all these games being a lot of social games, I know that, Assassin's Creed Origins isn't. I know it's a solo game, but people like to talk about it. People like to, you know, say, hey, I did this in this game. And if you're talking to somebody about it and they played it a year ago, they're like, yeah, I moved on from that. And they're just kind of going to blow you off and not really want to talk to you about it. So,
1: all right, cool. So check this out. I read the day. So, not to, not to get too deep into all of this, but um, microtransactions themselves, um, Miyamoto has come out officially and stated uh, essentially a warning to developers saying, be careful developing for these microtransactions and saying, you know, develop good content in games at a fixed price and, to, and that to, will be better off. It will be a better business model in the long run. And Nintendo has been in the game longer than all of them. Um, so I think they should heed his words, which is essentially what we've been saying forever. And so uh it's the same type of thing. So he's warning the the gamers, uh game developers like that because even EA uh and Ubisoft, which you're talking about, uh I think they're one of them, EA, Ubisoft, and even the Heartbreaker, Square Enix, now wants to offer games as a service instead of are they kind of moving that, that way instead of just as a product, like, hey, here's the game, you bought it, you get it, it's yours. They're gonna release a game like um Anthem, or Destiny, or um, uh, what's the what's the name of that game? De- uh, the Division, to where, yeah. or even like a Grand Theft Auto Five, great game, but they want you to to uh, you know release it and constantly just do DLCs for it, and you know that's just you buy one big game and it just keeps milking you for money every little by little. Um, so Nintendo has warned against that. So my prediction in the future is almost going to be two separate things. If they if it does go on for the games as a service from some companies. Nintendo stays true to their original business model. Uh, It's going to be like two different things. It's going to be like cell phones versus, you know, the the games as a service on console and then the console games. That's my prediction. Uh, But I'm glad that he's finally stepped up and said that. And one of the main reasons is that if you're trying to, he didn't want you to focus. Miyamoto doesn't want his team focusing too much on how to milk money as opposed to, hey, it's a, he literally said a comfortable environment to develop games so that you can focus on the game. So that's, I think that's wise advice from
0: the man himself. Well, look at it back in the day. What made us go back and get another game? It was fun factor. If you put enough fun factor into your games, you're going to have people coming back to game after game after game. I mean, the Mario series, the Sonic series, look at all these games. They have such great fun factor to them. And people kept on going back to them. I mean, Mario got so expansive when you go outside of just Mario. You got Mario, Mario Kart, Mario Party, Mario Tennis. I mean, just Mario Golf. I mean, you just expanded into such this, you know, whole ecosystem of Mario. And it was a fun factor involved with it. You know, Nintendo did a great job with that. And they didn't make you buy junk to go around with it you know you didn't have to buy these add-ons or whatever to continue playing the game you didn't have to have these dlcs you didn't have to have all that now granted a lot of that was before the dlcs and everything but even so with the marios now they don't have dlcs to them they don't have all this junk to add into them they're just a great standalone game it's like here play it and enjoy it and have fun with it and it's great you know so i really like that stance that nintendo's nintendo's trying to take
1: all right cool Well, let's get into the uh, games themselves that we're here to talk about today. Top Gun.
0: All right, cool. So what did you think about Top Gun, man? It is a pain in the butt game. Yeah. I like it. You know, I did it back in the day, I loved it. It's one of those things that great nostalgia. I loved it. You know, it, it was a lot of fun to play. It's a game I never beat. You know, it's just a, t- a tough game. And boy, landing on the aircraft carrier you do everything right and you still can't do it. It's just it's just it was a frustrating game, but I remember spending plenty of hours on it trying to go as far as we possibly could in the game, you know. It's it, it was definitely a tough designed game and just yeah, it it definitely was yeah, that's, that's, what I, that's about what I can say right all now right. on that. <laughs> <laughs> I know i just kind of like, because uh, it's like when I think of Top Gun, it's just like I, I think of all the frustration that I had with it back in the day and just like, oh my gosh, you know, why? You know, why did they make that so tough? All so. right, so
1: this is a unique thing here because obviously it was a uh, a big movie and so it's not uncommon that, you know, game developers will make games to capitalize on the popularity of a movie. And especially back then, we didn't know any better. We thought, oh, this is going to be Top Gun. Cool, it's going to be just as good as the movie. <laughs> so everybody just kind of <laughs> thought that by default. Because, uh, oh, Top Gun, you know, those developed, that director, they're not going to put their stamp on it unless it's good. But, you know, obviously that's, now it's the opposite, notoriously bad games. I've, GoldenEye being the exception um in, in 64. But uh the, the real unique part about this, this is from Konami. And Konami is solid video game developer.
0: They and, really are.
1: And so it's kind of unusual that the game is so supposedly bad. Okay, so but here's my take on it. Yeah, I've never finished that game, and it is brutally difficult. Um, and you know, maybe the more you play, I'm sure the more you play it, the better you get at it, just like everything else. But anyway, you start off, to the F14 taking off from the from the. Um, current carriers, a little scene, you know, the Nintendo eight bit scene taking off. And it is flying through the clouds. and No matter how high you go or low you go, the horizon doesn't change, (laughs) but your altitude cut will change. You got your, you know, your, your inside the the jet flying around before you, before you start, you get to pick, uh, you automatically have your gun with unlimited ammo. You got a gas gauge that will constantly drain your fuel and you get to pick, um, Four or three different missiles, and um, so the, a- the AIM Nine Sidewinder, AIM Seven Sparrow, and the AIM Fifty Four Phoenix can be attached. So uh, let me use a little Air Force knowledge here while I'm just having to look at this. Named after real life counterparts. Hey, hey. Okay, the uh, every one of those are semi-active radar missiles, with the exception of the Nine is an IR missile. It didn't really matter. That's an infrared missile versus semi-active radar. And I don't know what that 54 Phoenix is. So, yeah, semi-active. The difference is that uh, semi-active radar missile, the fighter pilot has to keep his radar on the target when he fires the missile. So you got the missile uh, radar on the target and your cockpit radar on the target through the entire engagement. Uh, What we have nowadays is active radar is where you just fire it. And the radar can seek it out itself. That's on the miss on the uh, missile. The, the pilot doesn't have to keep the bad guy in the radar. Anyway, just for you military guys out there. Uh, but anyway, back to the gaming part of it. The nine, uh, the there's like forty. You get forty or twenty or ten missiles when you start. Like, why would you not pick forty?
0: I always go with forty.
1: All right. So that's the way we always thought. Um, because it kills the planes in one hit, right? The guns, one bullet kills them. However, when you get to the second stage, you got to blow up the, the aircraft carriers. You don't have to; you can just fly away from them. But you do have to fight one at the end, which that's the first time I've actually ever gotten to that guy. So, oh really? Yeah. So I went through the. So everybody knows that landing is just impossible to land on this aircraft carrier. It's like so easier hard. to do it in real life. And like, uh, they um. I can't. I can't hear if you're I'm laughing or talking because I just. i, I'm talking, sorry. I can't I'm hear sorry. I'm sorry. I stopped. I'm sorry. I
0: started. I started. I started. I started laughing about you know it's easier to do in <laughs> real life. I'm just sitting here thinking. I'm like, oh yeah, let's see Hollywood landed in that plane. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, I just started giggling about it.
1: So anyway, so yeah, so you you take off and you flight. The first stage is easy inter- uh, introduction, and then you got to land on the aircraft carrier. Well, you only get three lives. So once you land and crash, you're dead. Now <laughs> you got two, and then the next stage. You got to do an air-to-air refueling, which is double hard because you have to um, be at a certain altitude to get the refueling. You can fly right low and go right through the whole stage and just run out of fuel and die. But anyway, I, I got to the aircraft carrier. Got um, that's the first time I've ever gotten the aircraft carrier to actually refuel me. I actually made that one. Oh, wow. And then uh, then, I, then, I had to land on the aircraft carrier at the end and <laughs> died again game over. <laughs> so you kill all the bad guys and you can't land the freaking plane. So, uh, but this is the funny thing, man. I can never do it. I mean, I guess I may have done it once or twice back in the day by pure luck. But I was watching all of this um, stuff on like Angry Video Game Nerd was talking about it. And he does a really good video about it. Like he's just, I'm, I'm laughing him thinking about it. <laughs> But every time he's got to
0: land
1: it, when you got to land the plane, he starts sweating. and gets a close up. on <laughs> It's just so funny. And, um, and if anyway, you don't
0: start sweat. If you don't start sweating when you hear that, hear that noise and you've got to land on the aircraft carrier, something's wrong with you. Because that's like the most stressful part of a video game ever. I really think it is.
1: So I'm watching it, you know, and seeing like, is this really that hard to land on this aircraft carrier? So I, and I, I bought it. The game was in like a bundle that I bought back in the day for when I was a big collector. So let me just try it. I put it in, and I am not kidding you. I landed it first time. Boop, that was it. I just landed it. It was no problem. I was like, oh, I just was, <laughs> didn't understand it. Now I understand it. It's going to be fine. Well, playing this thing for the review, um, I tried to get it on video of landing, and I could not land that thing, dude, no matter what <laughs> I did. I mean, it tells you down there. twenty. you got to be 200 feet at 200 you know, knots or whatever. And oh, it's, dude, you can not, you you I, right I was like 201 and 200 and, <laughs> you know, eight. It's like, nope, boom. <laughs> you didn't do it. It's almost impossible. It's constantly fluctuating.
0: It's gotta be perfect. It's like the only game that like, like makes you be like dead on precise. Perfect. I think the algorithm that they got ri- written in the back says 200. If it's 201, you're dead. If it's two o you know, if it's $199, you are dead. You know, basically, it's got to be just those dead-on numbers. It's just crazy, you know. Well, it's, it's almost I'm like... I've never experienced anything that tough.
1: It's almost like you got to be going, you know, 200, you know, uh, what is that? Well, let me see what it is. I got to pull it up right here. It's MLH, so I don't know what that's supposed to be. But uh, whatever that speed is, uh, mill- milliliters an hour. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, like... <laughs> you know, you're just cruising along and it's like your projection, you know, you're going 500 or 600. And then by the time you hit the aircraft carrier, you're supposed to be 200. Well, if you get down to 200 too fast, it's almost as if that, you know, you're uh, you know, it's not projecting you far enough and you land in front of the aircraft carrier. I always overshot it when I was a kid. Now I undershoot it all the time. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know yeah. how you do it with the secret is that, you know, I didn't look anything up on it or, or whatnot, but, um, I did look and see if there's a game cheat code for like, you know where you can't dodge so I can see the second half of the game there's not I mean yeah. so
0: yeah there's yeah I, um, I, when I played my playthrough on it well first you know I'm playing it on an emulator since I don't have the game my emulator my emulated game was jacked up but I still was able to get through um, the first board but I could not land the plane. It just just couldn't do it. You know, I, I was like trying to figure it out and everything. You know, it, it kept on telling me too fast, too slow, up, up, down, that left, right, you know, all that stuff. And I'm just like, come <laughs> on, what are you trying to, to do?
1: Up, up, down, down.
0: Yeah, it's just like, and I'm like, okay, let me adjust, let me adjust. Okay? I can't do it. And I'm like, oh my gosh! And then all of a sudden, I see the little side where it does the little cutscene. Your plane coming in, and he goes right in front of the right in front of the aircraft <laughs> yeah. carrier. I'm like. Oh, my gosh. I just shook my head. And what makes it so bad is is you die, but it says you completed the stage. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, if I died before I completed the stage, how in the world is the stage you completed? Because nobody so was would ever kinda, see stage
1: two if you did.
0: Exactly. Nobody would. I mean, you would never. Because it's just like it was a miracle. I remember the few times I saw somebody land it, and we just thought that was like the coolest thing ever. Just going nuts at, You know, when we were kids. It's just... Oh my gosh, it's just it, that game brings back memories of nothing but pure stress because it's like nobody can land the plane.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, check this out. I didn't oh know gosh. this. Um, so, it has four levels. Okay. So, the first one, um, you're, so it's a training mission, is the first mission. A second mission to go after enemy aircraft carrier. And those missiles do count. You know, the more missiles you got, the less power it is. And it tells you. Um, Second one, or third one, is an enemy base. And finally, an enemy space shuttle you go after. But I didn't know this. This is is in uh, uh, um, North America, uh, November 1987. It actually came out before the Japanese release, a month before, um, which is uh, different, I guess, just because of the movie. But um, one of the first games has two separate endings. So, really yes yeah, so I'm reading this so a player loses but achieves a minimum score of 50 thousand points steel shot down a steel shot excuse me a steel shot is shown of the player being presented the top gun plaque that was awarded to iceman in the film if a player completes oh, all wow. four missions and a successful lands on the aircraft carrier well there you go that's why nobody knew about the second ending a well, scene yeah. <laughs> is shown on the for- f14 taxing on the carrier and the player waving to the lSO crew. Oh my god! <laughs> so that's why nobody ever. They had to find that in the code somewhere because yeah. nobody, nobody saw oh, yeah. it. So anyway, that's funny. But I actually kind of enjoyed the game the second time through. It's kind of a little. It's kind of a fun challenge, and the reason that it's kind of a fun challenge is because even if you die. You die three times, you start over. It doesn't take long to get back to where you were. You get another chance to land on the on the aircraft carrier and all this for a Nintendo game. I think it gets a bad rap. And I mean, I if you would have asked me this before I played it again, I would have been like, dude, that game's garbage, dude. But (laughs) now I'm not so sure. I kind of like it, you know, for a Nintendo game.
0: Well, I mean, I'm I'm not kind of the same. I guess I am the same way because it's like, you know. Before before we even decided to do this, and if you would have asked me, so what do you feel about Top Gun? I would have been like, man, just throw the cartridge in the garbage, walk away, burn it, melt it, whatever, because it's just terrible. You know, because it's just so frustrating. But playing it, it's like, okay, I see they gave us a challenge, and make it hard, because, I mean, heck, games back in the day were hard anyway. They're You know, the challenges now in games are nothing like they were back in the day. You know, you've got so many different ways you can continue on. You have save states and all this. And we didn't have that back in the day. So it definitely, I feel like games are easier now than they were. But it was kind of fun, you know, because it kicks in and you have the reminiscing and you have the memories of being so frustrated, wanting to chunk a controller and all that. And just, you know, even though they're stressful memories, it still was like, that, that piece of childhood coming back. And so I guess that's why it makes it fun. And I, I guess it is a, you know, I think it is an overlooked game as far as, hey, this actually can be a fun game if done right. You know, um, I didn't realize it only had four boards. I never got past the second board. You know, I could get the second board and never got past it because I just always would die on it, get frustrated, turn it off and start playing Mario or something else because it was just, that, that one just frustrated the mess out of me, but I mean, overall, yeah, I mean, I think it, it's, it's got its place, and Nintendo's history is definitely an interesting game, so.
1: I just like trying to land the, on the aircraft carrier, man. That's my favorite part about the game. I'll, it was so much fun to just try to I do it. I liked
0: it and hated it at the same time, because it's just so frustrating. It's yeah. just like...
1: If I was trying to, trying to win, yeah, it starts to, I mean, I don't know. It's just... It's just a fun game it's just a little challenge you kind of want to figure it out i guess if you and i wonder if it's just like the next game we're about to talk about uh where you kind of you know it's a hard part at the end which we're going to talk about here in a minute but it, it gets to be old hat you know i wonder if there's somebody that can just land it basically with their eyes closed probably so on top i well, mean i was
0: <laughs> when you say that it's just funny because it brings back a memory of me playing excite bike when i lived in uh brandon the first time with my parents uh, over behind the uh baptist church in cross gates um my next door neighbor had excite bike and one of the challenges were like let's just play it you know And somebody started talking to me from outside of the room and i turn my back on the game and i'm playing and i'm actually going through the entire board on excite bike without looking at it you know it's just (laughs) it's just muscle memory you know you just start remembering it and you can play it without looking at it because the boards don't change you know so but they were like (laughs) it was just so funny because they
1: (laughs) i like how you're not looking at the the, the microphone where oh yeah, I'm I to, to guess, I, yeah I have to I have to do that because it's just it's
0: just it just you gotta, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> mimic it you know look back there you know so but it's just it's just funny because it's like you know when you hear people you know when you hear when I hear you say that you know li- you know basically landing blindfolded blindfold it just always remind, reminds me of that bike moment when I actually won a race not looking at the game so that was just kind of it was just kind of funny
1: <laughs> all I had to do was just push A though I uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> On Xite bike, it's just a straightaway. I didn't know that. All right, I'm messing with you, man. All right, cool. Next game.
0: Oh god, that's another frustrator for me. <laughs>
1: it's one of my uh, I like this game I'll go back to it every so often and and finish it or play it it's just it's a pretty fun game this one this one is probably my favorite out of the three that we're going to talk about something
0: that you don't know because I've never told you this Uh -uh. Jaws was my very first game on Nintendo own. oh really I got my Nintendo in Brandon and at this time I had moved to a different house in Brandon We lived in two different houses with my parents uh, before we moved to Forest and I got my Nintendo for Christmas, and of course I got Mario Duck Hunt, and I got Jaws with it. And Jaws was, you know, my first game outside of the Mario thing, and I cannot tell you how many hours I spent on the game. And when I was a kid, I never <laughs> beat it as a kid. You never figure it out, could never no, beat it, did. you know. But it, but I spent so much time on it because I loved it. And it's just it's got some great memories there too, and most of those memories are of before me and you actually met. Which, thinking about it, it's like before me and you met, there wasn't really much time in my life there before we met. So it's got it's just kind of weird to think that. So, but it's 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 a I like Jaws. I actually think it's one of one of the one of the, the best movie video game games out there. So.
1: Well, it's made by LJN, who's notorious, supposedly, for um, bad games. So, again, I keep jumping back to Angry Video Game Nerd. He, so, by the way, if I keep mentioning that, that's what kind of watching his shows kind of got me back into this whole collecting and remembering kind of like, you know, just remembering, you know, the light games and stuff. I said, well, that's cool. And they, I mean, how much are they? Oh, like 4 four or $5 dollars for, like, Jaws? So I can just own the actual cartridge, you know, and, and go play it again. But anyway, uh, so if I've mentioned his name a few times, that's why. But uh, but anyway, yeah, Jaws. So I remember playing this as a kid, and you're a little scuba diving man, and uh, you know, you, your first thing you want to see, you get on the boat, you're cruising around the ocean, and you say, Well, where's Jaws? I want to see Jaws. And that fin pops oh, up. Oh, man. You know, <laughs> and then it hits the boat, and, you know, and then you just fall in. Well, first, you would just fall in the ocean. I think the first time I saw it, uh, and I was probably over at Ben's house. And um, he had all these cool games, too. Rambo, Jaws. Uh, I think Karate Kid was actually Jonathan's house.
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, I think Robertson's. you're right on that.
1: So, Jaws, yeah, you fall in the ocean, you're swimming around in the ocean, little man, shooting little daggers out, shooting jellyfish and stingrays and collecting shells and, you, and score. I mean, score was a big deal. I mean, I guess it was a big deal, but it was not a... Nobody cared about the score, I don't think. But um, it was you know expected to be in every game at this point in the video game life of video games this early late 80s mid 80s you still had the scores and high scores you know nobody cares now you don't even there's no score anywhere and you're
0: shooting harpoons not daggers yeah i mean
1: it's it's just a little white line comes out and you know so um so anyway you what where's jaws you know where's jaws at and then you're kind of swimming around and a little bitty shark comes out you're like oh hey no that's He's not jaws small. man that's not Jaws. <laughs> and so i killed jaws easy no you didn't and then uh sometimes he'll creep up on you when you're just floating around you can have either a deep or shallow water that you would always fall into and um you can two ways you can find jaws He'll either creep up on you while you're swimming around or you'll see the fin come up and hit your boat knock you in the water if he hits your if he hits your boat you can still fire off little uh little bombs off the boat before he swims up to you hits the boat so the big thing about that jaws that everybody remembers you shoot him as much as you can and then you swim up to the top of the the ocean and he goes right under you he can't get you if it's, if you're at the very surface of the water and <laughs> they just left that in there to make it um you know a fun thing to do, I guess, make it somewhat,
0: well, you had to have, you had to have some to way to easier. survive. I mean, otherwise you dead. Otherwise <laughs> so, you dead if you just don't go up to the top.
1: <laughs> so I, I figured out how to do this. I'm sure it was in the instruction manual I and mean, I got a boxed copy of Jaws and I thought I had the instruction manual in there and I did not. Uh, so I wanted to see what it said. Um, if it told you about how to collect the shells and stuff. And, uh, but anyway, you collect the shells and then you go over to the port, and everybody kind of did this, you coll- collected six shells or whatever, go to the next port, it's a small little place you can go to, there's two ports, you just go from one to the other, and um, you can go all the way across it without getting hit sometimes, but anyway, you go into the port, you get a little tracker, it tracks jaws, it beeps every time jaws is near, and you think, oh, this is awesome, and um, it really doesn't really matter if you, you know, if you hear it or not, you still can get just as good a chance to get away from them as if it wasn't beeping. It just kind of adds to, adds to the suspense, I guess. Well, anyway, you keep collecting shells, and I remember playing this game and collecting shells, and I was like, what happens if I go back in this other port? And I did, then it gave me a power plus two. You know, so oh, now my little harpoons are stronger, and then I go to the next port and do the same thing, power plus three, and that's how I figured out how, oh, this is how you kill Charles, because otherwise you can never get his power down. I just thought, well, you can't kill him. That's the game. You know, or are you just like, well, I don't, I don't know how to kill him, so nobody, you know, you didn't. Remember this? We didn't care about you cared about it, but it was not uncommon to not finish a game at all back oh yeah, in the day. Very,
0: very common. to just
1: get it and go, yeah. yeah.
0: You just do it. That's where I'm just at. Do it, you just threw it off in your collection and say, oh, well, maybe one day I'll beat it. You know, you just kind of sit there and collect dust until you tried to play it again.
1: So they, you know, that the the little jellyfish just pop up from the bottom and float up, and the stingrays take two shots and kill them. It's, every once in a while, they'll drop a shell. It's random and a shell could go down to the bottom floor. You're running in danger if you go down there to that bottom floor because a jellyfish could pop up at random it's all random where it pops up. And it just go straight to the surface. A shark a little shark will come out, shoot him a few times. He always drops a shell. Then you get bonus stages where you're flying over yes. in a plane, a little jellyfish come up, and you're dropping. I remember we used to get all of those jellyfish. I don't know how that we used to do that. because so, I could not I do loved
0: it. that game. That's that's the you know, I never beat jaws, but I always strived to get to play that game because I loved playing that game so basically it was um same like the challenge stage in Galaga if you remember that game and the jellyfish just kind of swam in the pot pattern uh, in the water like that and your plane's just coming overhead and you're just bombing them back and forth and so I loved doing that I spent so much time going there and you triggered it by ki- killing a specific number of smaller sharks and I forget how many number how many smaller sharks you had to kill to trigger it but
1: I think it just happens after, like, three yeah. Or four, it's like every, uh, t-
0: every like, every three smaller sharks you kill, you, you go into the bonus game. But it is, well,
1: it doesn't matter how many smaller sharks you kill, is what I'm saying. It's just that whenever you fall in. No, no, no. It
0: was, it was a specific number of smaller sharks you had to kill to trigger it. You had to, tri- you had to trigger that bonus.
1: Well, some of, some of the stage you go in and it's a bunch of small sharks, nothing but sharks mm-hmm. in there. So you don't, so you don't immediately jump to the, uh, this is an interesting conversation because, uh, yeah, so this says here, killing a specific number of smaller sharks for trigger a bonus. This is mm-hmm. on Wikipedia, granted. Yeah. But, but I didn't ever... You will still go to the bonus stages, the first one, without killing uh, a smaller shark. It's like three three drops in. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. Huh, I'm, I'm interesting. I'm, I'm going to try that out. This is one of those things that, you know, without that is in the code, because I'm going to talk another part about this gameplay here in a minute that I couldn't find anywhere mm-hmm. online. About certain things that change and people just don't know. So, yeah, I guess we got to go with that. Yeah. So, smaller sharks trigger bonus game. I didn't ever know yeah. that.
0: So, I mean, but, you know, it was just, it was a fun thing to play and I really enjoyed playing that. It, it was, it was a lot of fun. Like, like Hollywood said, you know, we got to, we got pretty proficient at it to where we could. Kill all the jellyfish in there. So, but a lot, of, a lot of fun. Crazy. I could not. Oh, it was it. so much fun. I mean, it's it was, so hard. Now. Oh, it's probably crazy hard now. I did. I didn't get to uh, play it on my emulator. I have it, and I'll probably play it just to try to trigger the, the game. Just but, but I did.
1: It's fun, man. I, I go back and play it every so often. I like often. I mean, well, I, mean just, I, I need. It takes like ten minutes. You can finish. Oh yeah. It.
0: There's there's little tricks that you can get to pull <clears> him up. You know, to bring Charles up quick and kill him quick. So,
1: um so one of the things I was talking about that we couldn't find online is that the enemies kind of get tougher. Um, so the little jellyfish will start to go to the side instead of going straight up. They'll kind of go to the side and then something, and they'll go all the way to the top. So you can't just sit at the top and jaws, you know, when jaws goes under you, the jellyfish can kill you. Anything else can kill you at the top of the, of the ocean. So, um, at one point, and I don't know if it's the amount of shells and power that you get that increases the difficulty, or the amount of time that you've put into the game that, that increases the difficulty, but somehow it knows to increase the difficulty. Um, and when you die, you lose your you lose your little strobe, that, um, t- or little detector, Jaws detector. I think you lose one power. Uh, so if you're at six power, you lose, yeah. you know, go back down to five. But it's the difficulty didn't change, mm-hmm. so I remember fighting Jaws a few times, and then it, uh, the the all three of the jellyfish would come up. They can, can only be three enemies on the screen, not counting Jaws at one time. So, like that time I had three sharks, I just let them keep going back and forth. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to even, not gonna, no need to kill them. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I don't know what causes that. I couldn't find it online. And here's another thing that it said online is that which I know this to be true to some degree when you're when when you when you're on your boat and you wreck close to a land then you will uh, be in a shallow area and then if you are further out in the ocean it's a deeper area, right? Well, I kept my boat in one place because I was just waiting for Jaws to hit it because I didn't want to hit anything else. I just had my power five I was just waiting for Jaws. He hit it one time and it was uh, deep came back to the surface didn't move, hit it again and it was shallow. So I was like, "Wow, is this just random or what?" So maybe it was just like a little glitch, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe I was close enough to where it's right on that borderline where the game couldn't tell. But I don't know. It's just it's just weird like that. But it's just little. I mean, it's just little eight bit programming. It's just, well,
0: something else that I thought thought was cool too was is you know once you get there, ready to kill Jaws and get to that final part and you're, you know, in the boat trying to hit him or whatnot, that his movement is all random. It's not like patterned because, you know, a lot of the times in gaming you have patterns, you know. It's like, okay, this guy, you know, especially like playing some of the games we play now, you know that this boss is going to do this, at this time, at this health level, this, this is going to happen. It's got a complete pattern to it. Jaws was completely random. He would move, make movements backwards, forward, and side to side. And you wouldn't know. It just was randomized. And I think that was what gave it more of a challenge and actually you know, made it a fun game, in my opinion.
1: So before I get into that, that final stage, um, there's one more thing. There's a submarine that you can get in the game. And um, I didn't know until this playthrough or this final time, that, that it actually has two weapons. Everybody fired the torpedoes, and torpedoes, I couldn't tell if it did much more damage. If it did more damage than your regular harpoon, I couldn't tell it that much. But if you, that's when you push B, just like you're shooting the normal har, harpoons. But if you push A, it throws the depth charges, It's just like the little bombs, just like off the boat. And those will do more damage. So uh, that submarine is super cool. You move faster. Um, the only problem is you can't go to the top of the... Um, ocean and Jaws swim under you, Jaws will knock you out of the submarine. You get a one hit kill in this game. Submarine gives you an extra hit, so it takes two hits if you're in the sub.
0: Well and the submarine is super fragile. It can only get hit once. If it gets hit once, it's gone.
1: Well that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah and then you then if you get hit again. Yeah it basically
0: gives you an overshield or whatever. You know, overshield with some, some extra little weapons or whatever.
1: So once you take Jaws's life down it starts to flash and then you go to that scene where you're on the you see the front of the boat with the Pointed, you know, stick at the end, broken plank or whatnot that you want to stab Jaws with, just like in what was it, Jaws three, I think yeah, something
0: like that. I don't remember which movie that one was like.
1: Yeah, I don't either. I'm completely guessing. <laughs> if I remember, I remember the scene, but I think it's three. But um, but anyway. So it is random. He just comes down way back in the back, and you see the little fin coming at you, and you got to push the strobe. You get three strobes. If you do all your shells and you're back and forth, your power will go up to something. I don't know what it is. Maybe nine. I don't remember. I'm guessing on that. And then you start getting more strobes, up to nine strobes. Uh, So once you push the strobe, you use one. He jumps out of the water. You try to stab him with your boat, and it's a timing thing. It's this is. uh, I read online that people do it like it's you know nothing to it after they get used to it, but. I tried a handful a bunch of times and I couldn't get it to happen and then I finally got it to happen um, and then it says the end and your plane flies yeah. off and you're like well okay cool it's one of the <laughs> so, most an- <laughs> right, I did it it was a big deal back in the day I remember because nobody beat but jobs. it's one of the most
0: anticlimactic uh, endings of a game at the end your plane flies off yeah. you know it's, just, it's not like okay well uh, uh, anybody cheered I mean, me you the- I mean you you don't even get a plaque you know <laughs>
1: yeah I saved all these lives But no, they, um, you know, back then, though, we talked about before, you were the only one to see that, Mm -hmm. you know, so they didn't have, you know, YouTube and all that to see the ending. You just, you had to see it. So You've seen it. I beat Jaws. I've seen the ending. What? Really? You know, you got to come spend the night. Bring your Jaws in so I can see it. It's a big deal. So anything else about Jaws?
0: Uh, that's, That's about it.
1: All right, cool, we'll move on to the final game. It was my favorite one back in the day of the three, The Karate Kid. All right, The Karate Kid. It's my least favorite of the three now. Really? Yeah. I mean, it has a, now that's, so I'll say it this way. It's my least favorite of the ones, of the three that I played this, during this playthrough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't enjoy it as much as the other ones. And I went straight through it. I've, I've, I've finished it before. Um, yeah. And, uh, it's LJN game. And it is just—it's got a charm, and of course the nostalgia and all that. I love playing the game every so often. I actually went and bought this game at the retro game stores, like nine bucks, to uh, just to play it for this review. And um, it has a, that nostalgic charm to it. But if I'm just being straight, uh, you know, objective toward it, then I don't think I liked it as much as the other two this time around.
0: Well, I mean. And, i played it a little myself too i didn't i didn't beat it when i did the playthrough for this i just wanted to get the feel of it and have the reminiscing but it was like i don't know i mean i kind of enjoyed it actually i think i enjoyed it a little bit more than what i remember enjoying it as a kid um i i think it i think it was actually kind of fun so
1: yeah i'm not sure there's a lot of people i'm not saying it's not fun I, i'm just saying yeah. the. uh I didn't enjoy it as much as the other two this time. And again, if you would have asked me, which one do you think you are going to like? Uh, the order would have been Karate Kid, Jaws, and Top Gun. And right now, it's Jaws, Top Gun, Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. Um, after this playthrough, this just making it, you know who knows why. I don't know why. I probably the mood I was feeling while I was I'd playing them.
0: Probably would have said the same order too it, before the before this podcast is you know Karate Kid, Jaws, and uh, Top Gun. But I actually would probably put. Um, Heck, I'd probably still keep Karate Kid up there. Heck, I'd probably even still keep the same order, actually. Yeah. That's just kind of me, you know. I actually, you know, kind of enjoyed that, so.
1: Well, four stages on this one. So, Daniel LaRusso, of course, fighting in the All Valley Karate Tournament from the first Karate Kid. And you just go up and just kick them pop, pop, pop. That's all you do. Push forward and kick. Just kick. You're going (laughs) to get through. Oh, yeah.
0: Just kick. (laughs)
1: So it's just rocking them.
0: Oh yeah, it was so funny because I sit there playing it, you know, doing my playthrough. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this. Just kick, just kick, just move forward and kick. <laughs> pop,
1: pop. You just just bouncing them. They just don't even hit the ground. And you hear that every time they bump into each other. All right, level two. He's going through Okinawa now from part two, Credit Kid part two. And so I gotta say though that the biggest. I don't know if I'm going to get into I'll get into this part in a second. But you're bouncing around. You know, if you touch something, it throws you across. You know, pushes you back. Yeah. Left or right. If you bump into them. So you're bumping into them and it throws you back. But And the people tend to like, oh, I'm getting destroyed. But it really didn't even hurt your life. There's no, no life that is hurt just by bumping into somebody. they got to kick you or punch you or whatever. It looks like it's taking life away from you because of the way you react the exact same way. But um, anyway, you're running through there. um you get the C and D symbols for crane kick and drum punches, right? Because the crane kick is the, you know, it's a little bit more powerful kick. The drum punch is a little bit more powerful. I like the way they did that. But, man, the overall controls of this game are complete trash. Did oh, you, it, it definitely oh trash my
0: controls. Uh, I agree with you on that.
1: That's um, what killed it for me.
0: It, it was definitely complete don't, trash. Play through. But, um, I mean my whole thing of the stress of not being able to land the plane on the stupid deck is what, you know, yeah, what, it's what, is, the- is what makes this game better for me because I actually can get through this game versus, you know, not being able to finish a game. So, yeah, um, but it's just different challenge. It is. Um, you know, I like the game because I actually liked all the little side quest things that you did on this or the side missions. Well, the- before
1: you get into that, hold on, I'm going to talk about this controls for a second and why right. it's so, why it's so frustrating. So, um, so the C and D, because crane kicks and drum punches. So any any game where jump is up is automatically off to a bad start. <laughs> so uh, so this is a karate kid is an up jump game. That's a new term.
0: Yeah, it's up jump. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's an up jump game. Okay, doesn't seem like that big a deal, but you only got B and A, right? You remember yeah. how you do a a crane kick?
0: I think it was what i just both of them together, right?
1: No, or, you push, kick, B. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, just how do you do a just drum just, punch?
0: You just parse, you push A. as long as you and have. So, as long as you've picked up the symbols and you have them, it just does it.
1: Yeah, and you don't want to use all your symbols, right? You want to save those mm-hmm. for the bosses or the, yeah, later right. on at level four when a guy has a spear, <laughs> or level three where you where it really picks up. We're going to talk about the typhoon here in a minute. But so, how do you keep from using it? If you're pushing forward and kick or jump or B and C, it doesn't use your power up, it doesn't use a C or a D. So the whole time you're playing just going through the game, you're pushing forward. And you're trying to push B and A to not use your symbols. Well, then you gotta push up every so often in a jump where you're already pushing forward. The game doesn't recognize up sometimes because you're pushing forward or you didn't push it, you know, good enough. It's just That's what killed me, especially when you get to level three. So you want to save that stuff. I finally just was like, whatever. I'll just use all my crane kicks, and I always usually did that back in the day. Just use my crane kicks whenever, and save all the drum punches till you get to the bosses. But anyway, so level three, this is when it really ramps up, and we're going to get into the bonus stages here in a minute. I know you want to talk about the bonus stages. Let me just hit these. Oh, let's go ahead. Let's just do that. So level three. Um, it's the typhoon. This is where as far as I could get back in the day, I mean I did finish it, but this is like pretty much everybody's first real wall they hit in the game. The typhoon, remember I just told you how hard it is to push up when you're pushing forward. Well this stage, the wind blows you back the entire time. so you're having to push forward even you have to push it down even harder. Now you just have to you know make sure you're moving forward and your jumps are even more precise because you're not only get hit get hit and knocked back and kicked off into the water. You can, uh, not jump enough, not jump at the precise time and fall in the water. And everybody always got to that part on level three to where you, uh, got to jump over these death holes, right? You know, death pits. So, uh, and we were perfectly cool with that, man. I'd play all the way up to that point and go, yep, it's a hard part. Oh, well, I'll start over after I die.
0: Oh yeah. But
1: <laughs> once you get to the end of this guy, there's a big, uh, the typhoon is from Karate Kid to Uh and you get to the very end and then you gotta get up to the pole to save a girl that's caught in the typhoon at the top of this like bell tower thing and then the bad guy pops out chosen and you don't even you just ignore him you just keep climbing up the pole yep. to get, get the girl <laughs> she did I don't think anybody's ever fought him ever probably not there's but... no need to and then finally stage four is uh the festival after the typhoon and um he wears a new outfit with a red gi which is really cool back in the day I thought it was really cool now they require two hits to be felled the uh, the enemies do and they also have spears and this is when you need those crane kicks because those spear guys are hard to kill with normal kicks and if somebody's if you're standing on a ledge and something's under you dude you're gonna get you can't do anything about it you can kneel down and try to do a sweep but man it's it's almost impossible but anyway you just go through the stage go to the final guy beat the boss with your drum punches before the girl falls off the the, the uh, platform there and the game's over. Miyagi, Miyagi comes on and says something like, congratulations, daniel son, you're a master fighter, you know, or something like that. The end. <laughs> it's over, you know? Yeah. So anyway, throughout this whole time, you got your life bar, of course, picking up a C and D helps your life, but you can do bonus stages, which is what everybody remembers about the Karate Kid. The graphics were awesome and they were cool. And what did you think about those stages?
0: Uh, that was kind of like kind of like the whole thing with Jaws and doing the bonus stage on there. This is probably what I loved doing the most was trying to do the bonus stages. Was trying to do the the breaking the ice blocks, the catching flies with chopsticks, or dodging a swinging hammer. And like I told Hollywood, for some reason when I was younger, I could not ever finish and could not ever complete the swinging hammer challenge. I'd always get knocked off as it got faster and faster because it's basically you're on this little tiny platform and you have a swinging hammer going back and forth and you have to jump over the hammer and each time it passes, it gets faster and faster. And, like, uh, so I play it, and playing, it uh, playing it on my emulator, and then all of a sudden I get to the, the first challenge of doing the swinging hammer. And I beat it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I actually beat it. And it was, uh, I just love playing those because it, it was so much fun, and that, was, that to me was, was, was fun, and that was just a great, oh, my gosh, I finally beat it.
1: Well, I got some bad news for you. Uh-oh. You didn't actually beat it. Don't lie to me. <laughs> she didn't beat it. You can't jump over it. Go jump over it again and see what it says. You failed the mission or whatever.
0: Uh, You have
1: to push A. The swinging hammer is the hardest one by far. You have to push A, and he does a little move forward, and then spins around, and you have to time it to where he turns back around perfectly for when that swinging hammer comes back through, and it goes through him. And it goes back around. And it keeps doing that, and I can't get past like two or three swings. Oh my gosh! We used to we all, but that's funny because that's what I was going to bring up. We always jumped over it as a kid, and we thought mm-hmm. we were we finished it because we just to, thought that's what you're supposed to do.
0: I'm gonna have to go back and play it and do it then. I'm gonna have to do it. I, yeah, that's my new challenge. I'm gonna go back and play it. on my do it and try to beat it. Record that and put it on Instagram. I'm try to I'm try beat. to beat that.
1: That's hard, man. Yeah, so <laughs> that's the I'm, hardest one. That's one I couldn't beat.
0: I'm gonna try to do that one, and then the breaking of ice blocks. That one. I don't remember how to do it, and I didn't get to it on the playthrough here. I just didn't have time to get to that one. But I remember as a kid playing it and thinking that that, to me, that one was the one that I could always complete back then, back in the day. And, you know, that one to me was the easiest one. And the Catching Fly with Chopsticks, that one was just fun because it's just like, okay, one of the most iconic scenes from Karate Kid was when Mr. Miyagi catches the fly with the chopstick. And so it's just, you know, that's that's iconic getting to play that. I, I'm glad they put it in there. What's funny is is they have that in there, and that's from the first movie, and this game is basically based on from the end of the first movie throughout the entire second movie. So yeah. that, I thought that was uh, – it, it's a great nostalgia thing.
1: You know, I'm just kind of thinking here, and I may be wrong, but I know – so before I do this, uh, the Ice Breaking Challenge is the only one that you can – potentially not finished no matter how good you are because mm-hmm. it goes by your life bar and so I'm thinking and I can't remember for a fact I may be wrong but I thought when you finish I know when you finish a challenge and you do good you get a C, you get C and D's you know you get your uh, power ups and I want to say it heals you it does your life back and so how ironic that you got to have full life to finish that the ice breaking game <laughs> just to get your uh, life back up mm-hmm. you don't even need it at that point
0: yeah because anytime you earn a drum punch or a crane kick you get part of your life. Lo- you get parts of your life back as well so that's what you earned from you know from doing these challenges and so it's just yeah that's that's hilarious that you, you can't beat the icebreak challenge unless you got full health and then the whole point of getting more season Ds other than doing the crane kick and the drum punch is to get your health back so it's, that's kind of funny.
1: <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. So, uh, so the game ends. So, I got the actual thing here. So, a large image of Mr. Miyagi's head appears as an, and it's animated to look as if he's talking and saying, You have successfully guided Daniel's son through all of the challenges and have become a martial arts master. And then he winks. And I tried to get a picture of it for, uh, Instagram and then it went to the end. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Uh, it's quick. Yeah, it's quick. So, um, but anyway, so I had a good time playing through these games again, man, and I liked them because it was just they're pretty quick. You can go yeah. through them and, and finish them. Well, pretty I'm so quickly.
0: I'm so glad that we decided to do this because getting to go back and play those games just brought back, you know, it brings back the nostalgia again. It was just that they were fun. Yes, I'm frustrated at Top Gun, but it was still fun to play. It was still fun to hear the engines fire up right before the plane takes off on that little scene and hearing all of the eight bit sounds. It was great hearing jaws in eight bit again was fantastic, you know, and hearing the, the, the very crappy Japanese music that they do for the karate kid. It was just great. You know, it was just it's fun to hear it and, and have that whole sensation come back. It, it was a lot of fun to play these games again.
1: Not only are these like legendary movies, um, so, you know, when we were kids, you know, especially like the Karate Kid, I mean, I just didn't, I guess I didn't really watch Jaws or I certainly didn't appreciate it when I was a kid or even Top Gun. So, I guess my, my, what I'm about to say don't really hold water, but I guess just the Karate Kid itself, I mean, everybody wanted to be like Karate Kid, you know, and they did the crane kick, you know, it's the one move that just ended everybody. Oh, yeah. Um, If he did the karate, if he did the crane kick, and he's like, "Dude, I got to learn that." I remember kids on the playground just like they got in a fight, they just pull up the crane kick. That's just gonna (laughs) save them, you know, because karate kid did it. Well, I mean, (laughs) uh,
0: I mean, think about it. You probably had, you know, because we were younger when these movies came out and when these games come out. But people that would be. You know, a little bit older than us, they probably did, um, you know, I know whenever we did do Top Gun, you know, whenever Top Gun did come out, we wanted to be like Maverick and Goose and everybody and Iceman. You know, we loved that. We thought it was so awesome. You know, somebody wanted to be one of those characters at all times. And so I really feel like that. I mean, when I play Top Gun, I have that whole... You know, I I remember the movie and everything come back. I think it's just the way that they designed it is just designed to make you think about all that. And then Jaws, you know, he was the quintessential bad guy fish. You know, he's got the shark coming at this guy, chasing him constantly. You know, you've got to save the swimmers. I mean, me and you were both lifeguards at one time, so it's just kind of like one of those things where you know you have that feel of okay, we got to save the people, the swimmers, because sharks, Jaws was always attacking the swimmers or attacking something, so attacking some type of people, people in some some circumstance. So. It was just, you know, another, you know, be the hero, save the day. And that's kind of how it was with all three of the games. You're put in a position to be the hero and save the day. And I really, I really think that type of formula of game, especially back then, was a really big popular thing. I mean, especially look at the movies. It's always was centered around even, you know, Jaws is on the edge of a quasi horror movie because of the way that it happens. It's a very violent, very gory movie, but you have the hero, the guy that kills Jaws, top gun, you have Maverick. He's the one that saves the day. Eventually was Maverick, right? Yep. Yeah, you have Maverick that saves the day. I was not, I know I hate to question myself, but I'm a little tired here, a little sleep deprived. I have a son that doesn't like to sleep. So, um, and then you've got karate kid, you know, you're Daniel son. I mean, who in the eighties didn't want to be Daniel son, you know, and I have to point this out because I love the TV show, and it's really funny if you go back and watch it. And I will post a video on our Facebook page about this. But if you watch these videos, and Neil Patrick Harris plays Barney Stinson in How I Met Your Mother, and throughout that throughout that show, his his person that he uh resonated with was Johnny Lawrence because the karate kid, Johnny Lawrence was the karate kid in his standards. And he made it out to where Danielson's the bad guy in his mind. It's hilarious. There's some videos on it and I'll put a video up. Yeah, this guy the, this, this guy did it did a story about it. And when you watch it, you're like, oh my God, he really is the bad guy. Danielson really is the bad guy, you know, Johnny Lawrence (laughs) is just trying to, you know, he's not really that bad of a guy, you know, other than the the one time that he's actually smoking something he shouldn't in the bathroom. He's really not a bad guy. You know, it's really funny to watch that. It's hilarious. I'm going (laughs) to post it up because I I laugh about it all the time. My favorite show is how I met your mother. I love that show. And when I watched the, the, he does it in about two or three different episodes and they actually have Johnny, uh, God, I can't even think of the guy's name that plays Johnny Lawrence. um, they have him in the show, and they even have, uh, God, I can't even think of Danielson's son's name. Uh, what's his name?
1: Ralph Macchio.
0: Ralph Macchio, and then William uh, Zabka. William Zabka is, uh, William is, Johnny, Zabka and is John, Johnny and Lawrence. Yeah, they have both of them in uh, How I Met Your Mother in a couple of the episodes. It's just hilarious because there's one episode where um, William Zabka is like, Somebody finally gets it. Finally gets the real point of the Karate Kid. So it just like it just enforces that whole thing. So I need to get Martin
1: Cove on there. Crease. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so that I'm gonna, dude is a bad dude. Is <laughs> a good bad guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna post that video up on our uh, Facebook page after the podcast drops, so that way it's not too much of a spoiler about what we talk about on the podcast. But you'll get a good laugh out of the video. And and hopefully you'll enjoy it and have some nostalgia come back to with it.
1: All right, cool. Well, that'll wrap it up. And uh, make sure you guys uh, hit us up on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, just you know, to get the, some kind of crazy video game talk going on there. We like to post a lot, and we are always uh, interested in um, hearing what you guys want to hear. So if you have any recommendations for any games that you want to be talked about or just to uh... If, if we even, even if we hadn't played them before we'll play them and uh... and check them out and give, us, give you our thoughts but uh... follow us there uh... just to participate in that and don't forget to send the word of the day which was goose for this episode that'll wrap up all four of the words and we will do a uh, a random selection on the next podcast, I'll do it live on the show. What I do is um, just literally go to Google and then put random number, and I'll look at the little uh, Excel spreadsheet. I have one through, you know, whatever, 150. I'll just type a random number. It'll pull up, and then I'll get it. And also, what I do, if you, which I guess it doesn't matter, it doesn't increase or decrease your odds, but, like, uh, you know, some people hit me, hit me with the word. I'll give them their votes, and then, they'll come back, you know, a week later with a second word and wherever I'm at in the, in the sheet, I'll put uh, a new line for them. So then maybe they got like four, one that's like five through 10 or five through nine. And another one that might be like 18 through 22 or something or 21. So, so you're,
0: yeah. So your numbers aren't stacked. So if you yeah, stack them so, so you've got, yep. it, it kind of spreads your name out and that's, that's actually pretty good. You get a better chance of hitting a random as well for that.
1: Well, if you hit me with the uh, – if you give me all of them, I'll just load them up. I'll stack them all. I mean, it's still, it still well, – it seems like it's better, but it's still the odds are. you still got it, you know, 20 and 100. Exactly. You
0: still you still have the same odds. It's not anything different. It just kind of spreads your you know chances out around in different numbers. That's all it really yeah, it just, does. It
1: just makes you feel better.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, it makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, so, well, cool. We appreciate you guys listening, and uh,
0: that's it. Take care. Peace out, Vietnam. Thank <laughs> you.